a lot of people use cannabis as a last resort, right? I've tried everything else. We're in a really bad position. Like this is our last resort. We're just going to try it, you know? But fortunately, now people are trying to use this as a first line of approach or a second line of approach or as a complementary uh, modality to what they're already doing. This is The Dime. Dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Adam Young of Realm of Caring. Adam, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Thanks, guys. Amazing. Couldn't be better. Um, loving the, the springtime is here. It's finally trying to turn the corner. So um, just enjoying to get out, get uh, spend some more time outdoors. That's Absolutely. Cool. Kellen, are you excited to talk to another West Coaster? Yeah, I am actually. And I'm excited about the energy. That's a, I like that answer. You know what I mean? I'm doing well too. Um, it's a beautiful day out here in Colorado and spring. You can't really complain. How are you, Brian? How's the weather out in New York? It's very warm, actually. So it's it's nice that we're having great weather and we're going to have a very, very wonderful conversation today yes, and talk sir. about a different style conversation. I don't think it's kind of spoken about enough. So, so Adam, for our listeners, can you give it a little background about you and hang on to the cannabis space? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, so my name's Adam Young. I'm a development officer and care specialist at the Realm of Caring Foundation. Um, we'll get into a little more of that in a minute. Um, but how I got involved in the cannabis industry is in 2013, my mom was diagnosed with multiple myeloma cancer. And she was living in Seattle. And at the time, I was in Chicago. And I asked her if she wanted some help. I'm a single child. She was divorced. So you know, she was on her own out there and uh, she wanted the help. So I just packed all my stuff into storage and, and drove out there. Um, and so by the time I got out there, I would say it's about two to three months after her diagnosis and start of uh, formal treatments through the through medical uh, facilities, Seattle Cancer Care Unit, University of Washington, great folks over there. Um, but unfortunately, you know, about three months into it, her body and, um, she had lost like a third of her weight. She was lying in bed all day. She really wasn't living life. And I saw like right away, I'm like, we've got to look for something else either that can complement what treatments she's getting or look for different treatments, something to help her because she just, I knew that wasn't a long lasting um, position that she was in. And so did a lot of research. I was actually uh, volunteering for another nonprofit organization um, actually out of California called the Human Solution, which they support individuals who have been locked up with egregious sentences for nonviolent cannabis-related activity. Um, and through that group, I heard about this guy out of Canada making cannabis oil for a bunch of people, um, and his name was Rick Simpson. And so I uh, found out about that gentleman, did a deep dive on research, uh, both for it and against it, and kind of presented it to my mom in that way. You know, here's some information for it. Here's some information against it. What do you think? And uh, after some, you know, time to consider it, she decided that's the road she wanted to take or at least try it. And so we went to her oncologist. We told her about the plan. I had come up with a whole, you know, I found the Rick Simpson protocol. And so there was step-by-step -step directions on kind of how to start incorporating it. And we showed this to our oncologist and, you know, more or less, she was like, hey, cool story. But uh, if you do that, we're not going to work with you. So we, she, you know, my mom had a really tough decision to make. And ultimately she decided, hey, I want to try this cannabis oil. And this is coming from somebody who smoked pot once in high school and that's it, right? And she's in her 60s and, you know, so um, she decided to do it. The oncologist said, cool story, but sent us on our way. And so we kind of had to figure everything out for ourselves. 
Um, and about three months after her starting cannabis oil and kind of detoxing the chemo and radiation, those types of things out, it was like somebody hit it, flipped the switch, man. It was great. She started, uh, she was more active. She was out of bed. She was eating. She gained almost that, you know, third of a weight back. And it was just like, you know, she was back to living a full life again. And ever since I saw that, that's just, I've been on a journey ever since. Um, I mean, we were traveling, we were moving and, you know, every chance we got, we celebrated that, that newfound quality of life again. It's such a powerful story. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And there has to be some sort of like internal feelings when you're going through that wondering, like, is this going to work? Is this going to help my mom? And then to come out on the other side and to see, make such a impactful difference for her. It's, it's got to be eye-opening for you. And I know at Realm of Caring, you do a lot of that conversations with others and kind of help lighten them up and, and share that experience. Can you kind of take us through what your role is at Realm of Caring? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, when I first uh, came to Realm of Caring, I was a care specialist. And so what a care specialist does, it's someone who offers free guidance and, and support to anybody across the globe that wants to learn more about cannabis. And so you know, I saw the like the job description on Indeed or whatever it was, and I was like, "Whoa, I can get paid to do this and help other people just like my mom." And you know, everybody's heard of the Charlotte's Web story and the little girl with epilepsy and how that helped control her seizures when nothing else did. So uh, it was like a dream job. I'm like, "Yes, please, I can get paid for it." All right, let's do this. Um, and so that that was my main role as a care specialist. Literally, anybody can call us from across the globe. And we'll offer guidance and support free of charge uh, to anybody that calls. That's awesome. So Realm of Caring is a 501c nonprofit. Is there any difference is running a 501c nonprofit with it being cannabis focused versus another entity? Do you guys kind of have the same issues with like banking and and other uh, problems that plague the, the industry operators? Absolutely. Uh, It's very difficult for us to find payment gateways. It's very difficult for us to be promoted on Facebook, Instagram, etc. It's not because we deal cannabis, right? We're a nonprofit. We don't don't sell it, distribute it. You're just researching and educating. Research, education, and community support and some advocacy in there too, of course. But because the word cannabis is on our website, it throws everything out the window. There's one bank in our local town that we've been in for 10 years almost, we're nine years in existence. One bank that we can go to. It's so, so ridiculous, right? Because like every single person can look at that and go, well, they're not touching the plant. We have nothing to worry about. But at the same part, everyone's like, it's illegal, nothing we can do. And I think that's like such a sad way to operate, right? If, if every single person can agree that this is fine, we should be able to kind of make adjustments to certain process. But I guess... It's not how the thing works. But I want to stay on the conversations. What are some of those conversations like with the individuals? And who is calling up? Is it a person asking about themselves or about a loved one? That's a great question, Brian. Thank you. Um, so when we started out, um, you know, I'll, I'll just give you a little background on Realm Carrying. This will help tell the story a little bit more on, on who we who we help and who, who we assist. Um, Realm of Caring was started by two mothers whose kids had irretractable epilepsy. By coincidence, they just had the same hospice nurse that got them in touch um, once this little girl, Charlotte Figgy, um, found a relief through a non-psychoactive version of cannabis. It's now called Charlotte's Web. Uh, the namesake of uh, that product is Charlotte Figgy. Um, and that was after 17 pharmaceuticals were exhausted. And uh, she was sent home on hospice care because at six years old, 
and you're having hundreds of seizures a week, your body can only take so much. And after exhausting all of the pharmaceuticals, well, they, you know, she was sent home on hospice. And fortunately, her mom, Paige, found some research in Israel. And then one way or another, she found these brothers that were in Colorado that had this strain of cannabis called the hippie's disappointment. Um, and it wasn't getting anybody high. And so Paige knew that it, it um, because of the low THC, it was, you know, she wanted to try that for Charlotte. And the first time they put it in her mouth, she stopped seizing. I mean, it, it's, you know, and this happened to Heather, our other co-founder, her son, Zakai, same thing. Literally the same situation, just two different kids. And they both had the success on the first try. And so that's kind of where the CBD um, story started in Colorado. And then once Sanjay Gupta and CNN did their weed documentary series, it kind of blew it up, right? And so first of all, when we started, there wasn't the hemp bill. So the only way to get CBD was to drive to Colorado or drive to California or somewhere where it was legal. And then you'd have to smuggle it back to your state. So we started as a repository, just taking names and making sure we'd have the oil ready for people when they drove out here. And so um, to get to your question, um, we started by helping a lot of parents who were calling on behalf of their kids. And I would say about three, so right around the time of the hemp bill, little after the hemp bill, um, that slowly started shifting from parents calling us to more of the aging or retired communities started calling us. They weren't so scared anymore. They saw the hemp bill. They started learning more about it and things like that. So I would say right now it's probably half and half, which is really encouraging um, uh, for parents that call us and then individuals that call us about themselves. Hey, are those phone calls kind of, if you want to walk us through like a standard conversation that you have with some of these parents, are they calling just to get uh, more information or are they typically pretty educated themselves in terms of the research they've done? Could you kind of walk us through the dialogue that occurs with the parents when they call in? Yeah, absolutely. I would say about 70% of them don't know much or anything at all. About 30% really do their due diligence and really try and research it before calling us. And that's probably how they came and found us is through their research. Um, and so, you know what, the most common question we, like I would say a couple of the most common questions we get are, "Will it, is this addictive? Will it get me high? And how do I start? Where do I begin? How do I do this? Right. And so the typical phone call, I would say our average phone call right now is just under 30 minutes. So we really get to know these folks and their story and their situation. It's important to understand their goals. Are you looking to try and eliminate this ailment or are you looking to improve your quality of life? There's a couple different approaches depending on what their goal is. So we'll never direct anybody on what to do. We listen to them. What do you want to do? You know, and then we provide them with that education and all the resources that are available. We have a research library that has over 800 peer-reviewed articles that all detail cannabis and specific ailments. So, you know, we like to say that our 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 guidance and our suggestions all research back. It used to be anecdotal, but now we have a lot of research to back up what we say, and and that's what guides our conversation. Has to be such an exhausting conversation. I'm just trying to envision like my mom calling up, being like emotionally driven, trying to help like my sister in a case, and kind of being almost desperate in the moment, trying to find some sort of solution or possible, right? She's like calling a complete stranger, hey, saying, hey, my daughter has this problem. Can you help us? And it's got to be like mentally exhausting going through those conversations. Yeah, that's a great point, Brian. Not a lot of people realize that. But yes, um, you know, especially back in the, even two, three years ago, 
a lot of people use cannabis as a last resort, right? I've tried everything else. We're in a really bad position. Like this is our last resort. We're just going to try it, you know? But fortunately, now people are trying to use this as a first line of approach or a second line of approach or as a complementary uh, modality to what they're already doing. So um, yeah, and to your point, Brian, yes, we get a lot of frantic parents. We get a lot of um, people themselves, they're just scared. You know, they just got a diagnosis or they've got this or that and nothing's working and they're just scared. So um, we're very aware of that. And so we really nurture these people, but internally our small care team of, of associates and especially our care team, we're very cognizant of this. And so we encourage each other to take breaks throughout the day. We go for walks around the building, around our you know homes, wherever we live or work. And so, yeah, that's very important, but we're also very aware of that. You know, we, we also take on that burden at times. Um, and uh, so we've got good methodologies behind the scenes that we use to kind of ease that stress and kind of let go of, of a lot of those emotions. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. And the bonds you're probably building with these complete strangers in these moments, right? Like providing a, a recommended alternative to whatever uh, situation or frantic diagnosis they were given. And then if it helps them, I can only imagine the type of feeling that they have towards of gratefulness just in the sheer fact that you, they reached out to you, a complete stranger, and you were able to kind of guide them through that those challenging moments. So when people call up, just to kind of one last question about this, are they more like, I have X, Y, or Z, or are they more like, I'm interested in cannabis, do you think this will help me with my problem, right? How, how do they lead those conversations? Is it a mixture of both? It is a mixture of both, but I would say it's more so, here's what I have. Uh, will this help or can you direct me on how to use this successfully? That's that's the majority of people. Um, occasionally, we'll get some people, hey, I've heard about this CBD thing or this cannabis thing, you know, uh, tell me more about it. And then, and then, you know, either way though, Brian, I could talk about this stuff all day. Um, you know, it just, it, it's such a joy to be able to, to kind of shed the light or or shine a light on this, on cannabis in general, to these folks who are just still in the dark, even though there's 39 states in Washington, D.C. have medical programs, 18 states are fully legal for adult sale use. And still, still, there are so many people that um, either are dismissive of it or just not aware of the, uh, the potential benefits. Does anyone ever call up and just kind of just ream you guys out. It's pure anger, right? Sometimes you see like a positive sign and sometimes people just get the, the anger phone call with it. You know what? Like I'm anti-cannabis. I heard Governor Rick, it's like Adam and his team are trying to kill my kids. Like I'm going to call Adam. Do you ever get any of those negative phone calls? No. You know what, Brian? Uh, thankfully, we don't get too many. I think I might've had one that was kind of similar to that. Um, I think the most pushback we receive is people on the Facebook groups and stuff, just talking all sorts of mad stuff about us. But uh, fortunately, a lot of those people don't actually call us, right? It's kind of like those people that uh, are so noisy on social media that have a handle that's not even their name, and they're just, you know, random people talking just to crap. You know? Right, exactly. Do you guys get any, uh, like, medical professionals that call that are looking for education in cannabis as well? Because I know that that's not something that's taught in at least United States medical schools. Right, right. Yeah, thanks, Colin. That's a great question. So we have a network of almost 1,400 medical professionals that we work with. Um, and one of the options that we'll give our clients is that, you know, if their doctor is in the dark or they're saying, yeah, you can try it, but I don't know much about it, we'll consult with the doctor and their patient who is our client. Um, wow. And we'll get them on a conference call. And we have a lot of 
We actually have a practitioner portal where we've done a lot of deep dives on clinical research regarding like, let's say, breast cancer or breastfeeding while taking cannabis or different topics like that. So there is an area for practitioners that they can get um, more detailed information uh, from us. And yeah, we support, like I said, almost 1,400 medical professionals. During, during your time there, have you noticed uh, like uh, a tangible change in how the, the doctors are approaching the education with their, their um, clients associated with cannabis? Have you noticed like over the last five years, them kind of opening up more or has it always been kind of consistent in terms of those conversations? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a drastic change, unfortunately. Um, but we are seeing an increase in doctors at least being willing to consider it. Um, yeah, or have a conversation know, about it, right? Correct. And I just actually learned earlier this year um, that the nursing, um, there's a nursing association that is actually going to be training on the endocannabinoid system, cannabinoids, terpenes, et cetera. So the nurses are starting to take it on, which I think that the nursing um, professionals out there, I think they always have been more supportive of it than doctors. Um, you know, with doctors, I bless them because they have a really tough job and they also have a license that hangs over their head that can be taken away at any given time, right? So they have a lot to lose. And thankfully, the nurses have been advocates of ours for a long time. And now it's actually going to be started to be taught to these folks in the curriculum. Shout out Ashley, if that's the one who did it. We had yeah, Ashley. Yeah, I was going to see if you are going to shout her out. That'd be, pretty, <laughs> that'd be pretty badass of a connection. Yeah. Um, she was talking about it though, right? That'd be a cool connection, right? And it'd be like two, two links that to definitely get together. So if not, maybe Ashley should be the one to connect it up. So last question on this topic. What is a conversation you've had with an individual that has surprised or shocked you, you know, during the conversation, like you thought one thing and then after you were just completely blown away. To be honest with you, Brian, most of the calls, whether they're for it or against it, when they call, by the time we get off, it's a great call. Very rarely have, you know, I, occasionally we get some folks, especially parents that have tried a certain path or a certain, uh, let's say, uh, milligram content per day that they're trying to give their kids and it's not working and they get extremely frustrated and call us. And usually I have, okay, I have gotten like, yell that in the beginning of the call. But again, by the time we get off the phone, it's usually a very good conversation. We end it well. There have been uh, certain gentlemen of the uh, older age that have called and those calls haven't really ended too well. But you know, you can't change everybody's mind. If somebody's calling and they've got their mind made up, this is how it is. And I'm going to tell him, set them straight. You know, that's cool, man. Go on your way. That's all right. We you know, as long as I can share my story, uh, tell them what we're about, the education, the research. Um, and then if they don't agree or they don't want to partake in, in anything, that's fine. Um, but I really don't get those a lot, Brian, thankfully. Yeah, that's great. And I'm that's just great. like totally shocked. And I feel like that call was a waste of time. I mean, that just, it really doesn't happen. Yeah, I wasn't awesome. sure if you were shocked more about like the findings, right? If like went in and you, you assumed one thing would help them and then it turns out it's a completely another, you know, modality or another product or another concept to help them. Just curious to know if any of those ever experienced. Sure. Yeah, actually. Okay. Maybe I've misunderstood the question, Brian. Um, so there is one story that I tell folks. Uh, I had this older, I think he was in his 80s. His wife tried some CBD, had tremendous success on it, right? And he's like, oh, I want to try some of that too. Uh, my man ended up getting so high off CBD yes. that he couldn't even drive, right? 
And so I warn people about that, that some people are really, really sensitive to it. And so that's when you want to go for like a broad spectrum. Uh, I, I don't typically encourage isolates, but broad spectrum products are really good for that. But there are folks out there who um, I've got this other gentleman who's older as well. And he tried this one product for about four months. Did not work. Titrated up on a schedule every couple of weeks. Da, 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 da. Then he tried another product and it worked right away. And what is that? That's the terpenes. That's the other cannabinoid. That's the full profile, right? That entourage effect. And so some products, if they don't work, I always encourage people to try another product before they give up for sure. Um, And that one actually surprised me, Brian. I was really surprised about that because this guy took it consistently two, three times a day, titrated up. I mean, he was taking quite a bit. I'm like, you know what? Let's just try this product instead. And sure enough, you know, so that was a welcome surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, right? Like all of the cannabis that's grown for Epidiolex is grown in one facility in every, as highly controlled uh, as you possibly can to try to mitigate any of those chemical variations from a, a terpene profile perspective. Yeah. But the yep. body chemistry, right, has all those differences in like what you consume for that day and your tolerance. There's, there's so many variables, right? And as Dr. Abrams loves to say, many to many problems as I as I want to reiterate over and over again, because it seems like that is. So Adam, do, do people ever ask you, is more better when it's consuming these products? Yeah, all the time, right? And so uh, we do have standard, uh, let's say, suggestions that will we'll take people on, whether they're medically sensitive, adult, pediatric, or if they have cancer and they're trying to you know, create apoptosis. Uh, there's different approaches for everybody that takes it. There's a couple things to that. One is that a lot of people think it's like an Advil where you take it once and 30 minutes later, you'll feel better. THC, it might work that way. But with CBD, it's not necessarily, it doesn't work that way. Uh, I'll just tell you straight up, right? And so um, it, that that is a big learning curve for a lot of people. And the fact that, you know, highly concentrated forms of hemp uh, are usually in a tincture variety. So you have to drop drops under your tongue and hold it there, right? And people just want to take capsules or pills and they're not used to this. So so that's often a challenge that we we get over um, very quickly. But yeah, the you know there's some doctors that even say microdosing CBD is a uh, you know a valid way to approach things. We don't necessarily take that approach, but we also uh, we don't want people to you know go crazy right off the bat and, and you know because there is a bell shaped curve to how it responds to your body. And so if you take a little bit, you might feel a little bit. You take a little more. But everybody has their optimal dose. But once you exceed that optimal dose, you actually see a decrease in those benefits. And so we really encourage people to titrate up slowly, start slow and increase slowly. That way you don't miss that ideal dose uh, for your body. That's really well said. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the events. Uh, I'm excited to hear about what's in the pipeline for Realm and, and some of the information on those events. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Well, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention last year, um, we had a uh, memorial and benefit concert for Charlotte Figgy. Um, she passed away in 2020 on April 7th. And unfortunately, uh, her family wasn't able to provide the services during the pandemic and all those things. So um, last year, we did a memorial and benefit concert for her called Rock the Rock. So it's R-O-C-K, the R-O-C, rock rocktherock.org. Uh, strongly encourage everybody to go check it out. It's still online. It's free. It's uh, uh, the company that produces the Grammys produced this, the Avet Brothers, Jason Mraz, uh, Wesley Schultz from the Luminaires, 
a lot of people participated. And you really get to know Charlotte's story, her family, the Stanley brothers who gave her the oil, and then a couple other families are profiled as well. Um, and then this year, we have an um, event at Topgolf in Denver. Um, this will be a major networking event for uh, all the industry players. So um, I highly encourage people to visit realmofcaring.org. And you can check out a link there for more information. Um, it is in September. Uh, sales start in June uh, for the tickets. And so um, we'd love to see everybody there. And um, if anybody wants to reach out for more information, Adam at realmofcaring.org, I'll be more than happy to facilitate any conversation about that. Yeah, and so Realm of Caring is, uh, like we said, a nonprofit. So these kind of events help you guys support your mission. Is there any other way that people can kind of help you guys on your mission? Yeah, thanks for that, Kellen. So realmofcaring.org slash donate. Um, we do, re we, um, we rely on donations, right? Uh, we are a nonprofit. We don't sell or produce any products. Our product is our, our community support, our research with Johns Hopkins University, our education to the medical professionals and the clients and people across the globe. And so we rely on donations uh, to sustain us and to keep our services free. That's really important. There are other uh, folks out there who help people through their cannabis journeys, but it's typically, it comes with a price, right? And so we always, our services have been free and they always will remain free. And so yes, any financial support to Realm of Caring is always welcome. And that Top Golf event that I mentioned in September is a fundraiser, and that will help sustain us so we can continue the amazing work that we do. Yeah, and your guys' work is so important right now, especially with the lack of federal support. We don't have our institutions kind of throwing a bunch of research hours at it. So it's, it's as important as possible right now, your guys' organization. Is, is there any operators you can call out as like main sponsors and ones that, you know, we can call out to help, you know, push the initiative so that they can support you guys further? Sure, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we've been we've been closely aligned with Charlotte's Web for a long time. They support us. Um, they have always supported us. Uh, in fact, some people thought we were the same thing and, and we're not. Yeah, we're a nonprofit. They're a for-profit, although they are a certified B Corporation now, which is really cool. Um, cool. Totally appreciate that. Um, another one of our longtime partners out of Pueblo, Colorado is Stratos. They have a THC and a CBD line. Um, Aspen Green, those guys have been great. Uh, we've worked with them for a long time. And so um, we're getting ready to make a couple more announcements uh, within the next few weeks. So we're excited to see that. So just keep a tab on realmofcaring.org and uh, look for the Our Sponsors tab to follow all those awesome companies that help support us. What's a message you would share with, let's say, an East Coast individual who is unfamiliar with cannabis, a little newer to the space, and, you know, is interested in, in exploring it, but still a little hesitant? Is there a message you, you could share with them? Well, yeah, it, just a general message, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because uh, I, I spent a little bit of time on the East Coast, and uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, it was tough, man. I mean, to score some flour out there, it was like it all came in these little bags and it was really expensive. And um, we're cutting you know, that part out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New Jersey and New York are represented now. So it's great. Um, I would just encourage anybody, especially on the East Coast or in the South. Right. Um, I yeah, mean, the same better. situation right. lies down there. It's just educate yourself, educate, educate, educate. Um, whether you hear good or bad, you know, look into it for yourself before you just jump right in. Um, the good news is, especially on the hemp side of things, 
Um, unless you're buying, please don't buy products from the gas station. Oh, Nothing's God. regulated yet that's in the gas station. It's not, you know, that is nefarious products. Please don't buy it. And that's what I'll tell a lot of folks because, oh, I just saw this thing at the gas station. I'm like, please don't. Um, because every time that somebody tries that, it doesn't work and they put it in the shelf or they throw it in the garbage. That's that's another, you know, bad review for this industry. Yes. Um, so I think education is is critical um, and finding quality products is paramount. Um, you know, with the lack of regulation uh, that's in place right now, you want to look for companies that are CGM certified, USD organic. Like, you know, look for these certifications um, that companies have gone out on their own to get, because again, they're not required at this point. So got to be careful. That's such good advice. The gas station purchases are always, they always get me because you get those, those text messages and you're like, well, where'd you buy it, Aunt Sally? And she's like, the gas station. You're like, well, I don't think I need to respond and explain to you why the product doesn't work, but that's a conversation for other times. So since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been the biggest misconception? Probably, I, I think I want to go back to one of those uh, common questions is that people think it's addictive and they don't want to try it, you know, and I don't know if that has a lot to do with the opioids and the fentanyls and all those things that are going around right now. Um, but that concerns me that people think that they'll get addicted um, because I really don't see that as a, an issue, even on the THC side. Um, getting addicted, you know, there might be a mental addiction. You just like the act of doing it or, or something in your hand or smoking. Um, but physically addictive, it's not. You know, that's the beautiful part, especially when we're talking about CBD and, and little kids. Let's say if, if they took too much, it's simple. You just stop taking it, rest, and you'll feel better in a few hours. I mean, it, it's pretty simple. You're not going to go into shock. You're not going to, you know, need need some medical attention at, at 911. Uh, phone call. So um, the other misconception, I think, is that most, I think there's a lot of people, maybe it's not a misconception, but it's just lack of education. You know, it's so versatile. It can be used to make concrete. It can be used to make biodegradable plastics. It can be used as a, um, you know, um, a dietary aid, a sub, uh, uh, supplement, textiles. I mean, the list goes on and it's regenerative for the soil that it grows in. So like from the ground to our bodies, this plant harnesses the power to make the world a better place. And, and I think the majority of people just don't understand that. That's really well said. Before yep. we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, if you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass onto the next generation, what would it be? Always look outside of the box. Always look into things for yourself. Don't take like things on base value. Yes. Yeah. All right, prediction time. Adam, it's 2032. What area in people's lives do you think cannabis will make the biggest difference? I'm going to go with biodegradable plastic being made from hemp. I, I'm hopeful. I, you know, we'll like see if it. that happens. But with all the plastic and the masks and all these things that are floating in the oceans and clogging our streets and our gutters and our waterways and polluting everything, you know, uh, this really could be a good alternative and something that doesn't last for a thousand years or something underground. Like it just, it doesn't go away. So um, I'm really hopeful that, that the hemp plant will be utilized in more than just uh, medicinal applications by 2032. Yeah, that'd be a game changer. Kellen? That's a really good answer. I wasn't even thinking that, honestly. Now it kind of like turned my answer upside down and I was like, hmm, maybe I should go a different direction. <laughs> Now I'm just stalling what I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, not how the game, that's not how the game works. 
2032. What do I think is going to be the most impactful aspect that cannabis has on society? I think I think that um, in ten in eight years or in ten years, cannabis will most likely be utilized for mood regulation. I don't know. Everything else I was thinking is just too big, honestly. I'll go with mood regulation. Um, and that's my final answer. Brian, what do you think? I hope, right, in 10 years, we don't have any more of these like pharmaceutical addictions and that a lot of those problems are replaced now uh, or solved, right, with cannabis. And I hope that as people like yourself, Adam, continue to help spread the word and fight the stigmas, and allow people to have like an outlet during, you know, the most challenging of times when they get those unfortunate, terrible news. I, I hope that, you know, that changes a lot of people's lives. And I think with your team's addition and some of the research it's doing, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that that solution will be in the future. So for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to support. Where can they find you? Yeah, thank you. Um, realmofcaring.org, O-R-G, is our website. My email address is adam at realmofcaring.org. Um, in, in, in addition to being a care specialist, I also work and support the development team. Um, and so, you know, I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody about anything that we do, or if they have any questions, um, our care specialists are, are top-notch, fully trained. Um, takes someone about three months before they even answer a single email. So, um, you know, we've got a great team. It's a very small team and we love talking about cannabis, whether it's hemp, THC, CBD, CBG, CBN, you name it. Let's talk about it. I love it. We'll link it all up in the show notes and everyone out there, go support what they're doing, make a difference and help kind of break down the barriers. Thanks so much for your time, Adam. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.